reached the Entertainment Hotline, a chatter podcast. Listen as celebs dial in to chat with Anita Annabelle. Chatter.com.au and Media Week's Head of Entertainment. Dial 1 for movie stars. Dial 2 for streaming stars. Dial 3 for TV stars. Dial 4 for music stars. Or press 0 to speak with the star of the show herself, Anita. Hi, I'm Claire Lavery. And I'm Danielle Walker. And we are in Gold Gold Diggers. Diggers on the ABC. Hello and welcome to a bonus episode of the Entertainment Hotline. I am your host, Anita Annabelle, Head of Entertainment at Media Week and Chatter. The wildly optimistic Brewer sisters set out to get lucky. But first, they must conquer the lads, lice and lechery of the Australian gold rush in ABC's Gold Diggers. This contemporary comedy is set in the 1850s and touches on today's themes and issues. Starring Claire Lovering and comedian Daniel Walker, both in their first lead roles, the series also has a myriad of Aussie actors, including Lincoln Eunice, Michaela Vanis, Eddie Perfect, Heather Mitchell and Megan Wildling. It's absolutely outrageous and laugh-out-loud comedy. In this episode, I chatted with Claire and Danielle about their new show, how they were inspired to play their characters, and they revealed what Eddie Perfect is really like. Gold Diggers premieres on July 5 at 9pm on ABC and ABC iView, with episodes dropping weekly. Here's Claire and Danielle. Cool. Is that better? Oh, I love your lip gloss. I've got to gloss up. Thanks for spruiking up for the occasion. Two Faced Lip Injection, which we love. I'll get my oh, all the same products. Oh, I'll go. Can you please? Can you please do that again? That was amazing. That was the the ultimate influencer. <laughs> I watch too many blogs. Too many beauty blogs. And that's the lip liner that we've got. Oh my god! I love it. You guys are so fabulous. Can I just say? <laughs> Hi, I'm Anita. It's so nice to meet you. Hi, you Anita. Too. Nice to meet you. I am dying. Like, this show <laughs> is amazing. Oh, thank, oh, thank you. you. Like, I watched the first two screeners and I literally was like, I need more. I need more immediate. It's like one of those shows you need to, like, binge. I just oh, need it yeah. all. Do you like do you like that feedback? Is that good feedback? No, that's, that's lovely feedback. feedback. We love that. The feedback oh. is like I hated it. I yeah, couldn't it was... sit through it. <laughs> that no. <would> be... So <laughs> you guys are in Gold Diggers, which is the show that I am raving about already. I haven't I'm like so excited that I haven't even like told everybody what this show is. That's okay. If you got your gum, she's got a gum. So I can see I'm like, I can see some wipes, but if I open one, it'll be too loud. But there we go. Wait. Got it's it. Okay. Getting rid of Oh my god. Now, these two beautiful women are just showing me through their bags and they've got their wipes, they've got everything. You're all prepared. We don't need those wipes today, I promise you, right this second. But um, <laughs> but so this show, Gold Diggers, oh, my God. So it is so brilliant. Have you, I just want to ask, though, have you guys ever seen the, the US show Another Period? No, no. But someone did mention it to me when we were filming and I wrote it down as something to watch. But no, I haven't. You have to watch it because it is 
it it is the same elk it is the same kind of comedy it's exactly the same thing it's a period drama but it's contemporary exactly like gold diggers and i was like i think you guys did it better yeah cool all right so let's talk about the show because i am like dying to speak about this firstly let's fire up bitch <laughs> <laughs> It's catchy. <laughs> it's so catchy. This yeah. show is hilarious. So for those who haven't watched it yet or will be about to watch it, please give me the elevator pitch. Uh, well, I think what two girls need to escape their life um, and to do that, they've gone to probably the most dodgy place in the world to do that. Is that good? Is yeah. that an elevator Wait, pitch? I was trying to, because it's going to be short for an elevator. Yeah, the elevator, ding, you're at the next level. Yeah. Time's up. Claire's <laughs> so much more eloquent. We take turns in um, in talking about it. But it's, it's it's and we're trying to find rich husbands during the gold rush. So we're trying to find people who have just recently struck it um, lucky. And it's a chance to kind of jump classes and change our social standing. And um, we're pretty scrappy, lovable optimistic sisters and um we'll do whatever it takes to kind of try and change our luck firstly i was today years old when i realized what elevator pitch meant (laughs) (laughs) i promise what did you think it meant well i just knew that it was like just give us the pitch give us the. (laughs) (laughs) that's so funny i like the idea of an elevator pitch being like somebody sees yeah a producer or something they want to talk to an elevator and it's just like in the standing beside them in the lift and being like okay um two sisters they love each other <laughs> something bad happened. they gotta move there and then bing, done yeah that is I'm pretty sure yeah. that is exactly what it is i just yeah. never thought about it before <laughs> <laughs> i promise i'm really smart but so like we've already mentioned, like it is set in another period, like another period, but it's 1850s but make it modern, which I think was so, so, so brilliant. These two characters, Gert and Marigold, or Goldie, as she's so affectionately called, yeah, look at her, she's so gorgeous too. <laughs> there was a little pat in the head just then. They're so lovable, they're quirky, they're a little bit idiotic. Uh, but they're also their chemistry is just so on point and so many funny scenes. I mean, how did you guys firstly find working together? And secondly, how did you bring these characters to life? Well, I think sometimes you just meet somebody and sort of click. Yeah. And I think we were just lucky that we just met each other and just clicked. And I think at no point did we ever really get on each other's nerves and we spent so much time together. And I think we were able to be really just like if something was like bothering us or something, we could just talk to each other about it. And I think that was sort of like nice. We could always just be honest with each other. And I think we, yeah, it meant that we were always just like, we could always be clicking on screen and off screen. So it never felt like it was work for the chemistry, like all the other work we had to do that was the work, but our dynamic was never the work. And I think that was like nice for us to not have to work on that. That just came. Yeah. Easy. We didn't have to act that, which was amazing. It was sort of like, oh, that's fine. That's taken care of. That's sort of a set and forget. And then like, we'll just focus on everything else. And that's really rare as an actor to kind of have that kind of chemistry. And um, 
I think because we were under so much pressure, like our roles were so kind of, um, so much was demanded of us. We really bonded. It was almost like trauma bonding. Um, <laughs> and we really had each other's backs. And so just the more that was asked of us and the more every day on set, we just became closer and closer and lent on each other. And so the bond really became like a sisterly yeah. bond. I do feel like the same way about my sisters as I feel about Claire. Like I'm not like really a touchy, feely person, but like when, if Claire's there, like I'll grab her, like I'll hold her hand or whatever the same way I would with my sisters or something and I would never do that to most people most people I'd be like why have you touched me and I don't have sisters but I feel very affectionate towards doing which I did in our first chemistry read I kind of like I remember I was like touching your hair and I was like I left and I was like probably should have asked before I kind of but I just had this kind of um yearning to kind of protect her and be affectionate towards her which I think I mean look at her she's like an angel I know she's so sweet that you just can't help but just want to like look after her Wait, what is a chemistry read? Because I have literally never heard of that before. It's to do with an elevator pitch. <laughs> no. um, it's just like testing different act- like different actors together to see if they've got a vibe together. It's often if, because Danny was cast before me, so it's often if one role has been cast and then they're trying to find the, the right match. Oh. So, yeah, Danny was cast way before me and, and worked opposite a lot of Gertz. Yeah. And then, yeah, we, and when I was doing my first round of auditions, we sort of like, I guess like it was almost like chop, chop and change. Like there was a bunch of Goldies and a bunch of Gertz and we all did them with each other. Um, and then I got cast and then we hadn't, I guess they, they hadn't found the Gert yet and we kept going and then Claire walked in and that was, and the rest is, is history. <laughs> 1850s history. I love that. But then, so how, uh, I totally wasn't prepared to ask this question, so forgive me for sounding silly once again, but in terms of casting then, so Danielle, were you then like offered the role through audition process or was it written for you or how did that work for then for you to be found first? Well, they'd, um, I didn't, they didn't mean to find me first. They just sort of were asking lots of people to audition and um, they came through and asked, they usually do self-tapes first where they ask people to read um, the script and send a video through. But I was over in Edinburgh and I was doing my show so I couldn't do that. And then I guess it made me seem seem like I was so busy that I could not, I couldn't do it. And um, People want what they can't have. (laughs) Absolutely. Always. She said, no, I'm busy, I'm busy. And then they're like, we need to see you. Yeah, and so then I got um, through to the, we did like a Zoom audition stage, which was good because I never do good self-tapes because my boyfriend cannot act at all and <laughs> he will read things like, if he was Claire, he'd be like, fire up, bitch, this next stop is around the corner here. And it's very hard to do anything with that. And um, so I would usually record the other part and try and just, fit my voice in which turns out is not a great way great. to do um self-tapes so I was just lucky that I'd accidentally played hard to get to get through to the to the audition stage and then but I think yeah. when they found Danny I think Goldie was such a tricky character because she reads on the pages pretty kind of she could be perceived as a bit just dumb and and sort of bimbo but um there's just so much more complexity to her and I think Danny brought that kind of pure wide-eyed innocence but also that intelligence and that um yeah that kind of naivety but also like worldly and um just charming endearing disarming 
Um, and so once they found her, they were like, oh, this is like, this, no one's done the, the, brought the character to life in this right way. And so it was like, okay, we've got one now. We'll just figure out who matches with her. And um, how do you not have a bond with somebody who says stuff like that? <laughs> yeah, oh I know. I was like just sitting here with like, oh, this is so nice. Like, gosh, 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 gosh. gosh. <laughs> But that's so interesting because in terms of your characters, like bringing that to life and bringing your personalities in, I actually often ask this question, like, what did you bring from your personality to the role? And people kind of look at me and they're like, the role doesn't have anything to do with me. But you've obviously got to bring parts of you into that character. Like, what did you bring, Claire, into Gert? Well, Gert is described, was originally described as an alcoholic psychopathic hornbag and I was like e no that's not me um I I think they sort of steered away from that once they cast me but we've brought it back as like a joke and now all the public publications are kind of using it again because <laughs> we kind of we brought it back so um but she she's she's a real party girl she's liberated she's free she's loose she's wild and um it's a character I haven't really played before in that sense like she's quite she's almost like she's quite sexy she's high status She's bold. She's a leader. She's an alpha. She's an extrovert. And in a sense, she's kind of the opposite of me in a lot of ways. I'm an introvert. Um, I often play low status characters. I think as a person, I can do both. Like I, I oscillate between the two pretty quickly. But um, I think, I think she's like she's very caring. She's very pragmatic. She's a dreamer. Um, she's optimistic. And so I think I just kind of tried to tap into all those parts of myself and really kind of turn them up and in terms of like the 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 freedom and the physical freedom that she she has particularly like with her sexuality um that was fun to just kind of lean into and it's almost just like putting on a different skin and just kind of just playing dress ups and and just yeah using it as an excuse to kind of role play in a way so um it's like an armor you kind of she she nothing kind of gets her down and so it's it's quite fun to kind of inhabit that character and feel pretty invincible yeah when I watch you do good I always think it's like Gert knows like she knows she's the best person in the world in the room but she's she's confused by why the rest of the world doesn't know yeah. that she's just like I'm awesome she's got the most amazing self-esteem no no insecurities yeah she's just like there was a line in the in the show where I, I rate rate myself as a seven and I was like I said to the writer Jack I was like Gert is thinks she's like 11 like what I fought him on it, but we, I think it went with seven. But um, she she's just she's just like I'm amazing. We all need to be like Gert. Like, we do that yeah. confidence, right? Totally. She's just amazing yeah. in that way. Yeah. She believes that in everybody else too. Yeah. 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 Well, that is the funniest thing is like the trusting nature of you two is just the character you two. <laughs> I have to tell you something, actually, like I usually don't get nervous doing interviews. I'm actually a little bit nervous chatting to you because I think the caliber of what you produced was just so extraordinary. And like I said, your chemistry is amazing. And on top of that, you've also surrounded by this supporting cast, but you also really stand out. Oh, well, what you've just done there is you've absolutely tapped into Claire's love language, which is words, words of affirmation. Language. I'm melting. I'm like, and she's in love with you right now. I she's am absolutely. 
feeling great. Oh, good. No, I don't. Of course. I mean, I don't say it like lightly. I mean, I'm a very excitable person and I love everybody and everything, but this is, this is truly what I love really particularly about this show is just two main, two female leads kicking ass in the industry and like nailing it in the process. It's so wonderful to see, particularly Australian. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's really nice. It's been fun as well. Yeah, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. But then let's talk about that supporting cast. Yes. Because absolutely not deterring from them. Oh, my God, Percy and Francesca, I can't. Percy. Yes. They're amazing. They're so amazing together. I remember, like, when we first got to see them um, together, like, first we got to see them together in costume and then doing, like, our first scene with them. They are just so perfect for each other and they – they have so much love as actors for each other um, and they just they just bounce off each other so beautifully. And there's a, the first scene we did that you meet them when they, they kiss in front of us. It was the first time in the shoot that I actually was trying not to laugh and I was like, oh, wow, okay, this is, this is really funny and that was really delightful. That kiss just went on for so, so long. And, and so awkward. It was great. It was, it's amazing. And they, yeah, they're just so funny together. And, 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 but also like so truthful, like they're both theater actors, they're coming from theater. And, um, and so they're just really theatrical, but really authentic and grounded. And, and they kind of color those lines really boldly, but it's, it's all really detailed and nuanced as well. Yeah. Cause Luke helped, he sort of went back with Jack and sort of helped, he wanted to flesh Percy out a little bit more. And so he got to go over the script and sort of uh, change his character to make it a bit more like for him um, in that way. And I think like you can really see that in their dynamic as well. Yeah, and he's I, got real ownership of the character in that way, I think. Yeah, there's, it is nice to see that the that Fran and Percy, I think in my mind Fran knows what's going on and everything's very open, like their relationship is very open. And I think that's something that you haven't seen with like a gay cop, like a, a gay man in a relationship before or a, or a bi man or whatever um, whatever he is person yeah. is and it doesn't have to be defined and it's quite nice to see them it's not a it's not a secret amongst them yeah it's like a mutually beneficial relationship but there's also a lot of love there and respect and they're both kind of getting something out of the relationship but it's not kind of resentful it's almost like a yeah. friendship at the core which is really cool I actually love that. And I also love like these modern themes that are pushed through this show. Like it's 1850s gold rush, but none of this would have happened really. I mean, sorry, that's a lie. It would have happened, but it would have been hidden. Yeah. Yeah. Sexuality, even um, racism. Like there's a huge undertone of racism, which is handled so brilliantly, you know, and, and none of that would have actually happened back then. So to have that modern twist and see it all dressed you guys all dressed in these amazing costumes on this amazing set it's quite mind trickery it's quite confusing but in such a great way yeah, yeah. jack yeah absolutely the writer he wanted to kind of look at the issues of today but through the lens of the past and and if you were kind of if you kind of made a show and addressed all those themes in a modern setting it would just feel too obvious and too on the nose but i think because it's just a little bit at arm's length you're actually able to connect with the issues um, easier. And that was what the kind of contemporary language was about as well. Was it just about peeling back the layers that may block an audience from relating to characters and just kind of making it really easy to connect? Yeah. Well, if you were said in that time, I don't think you really could address, I think it would be really hard to address the racism of that time in a comedy because it was a 
really bad. Of course it was. Yeah. Yeah, I think even the, the racism within the show is almost the way maybe modern racism is where it's sort of more subtle because obviously back in the day it was so full on. But I think that's what's nice about it is it's still uplifting and stuff. Like it's not it's not too hard. You can make it gentle for audiences at home. Yeah, Jack wanted to kind of create a town and create the world as you would like to see it. So is as much as we do address the racism and the prejudice, it's not kind of by showing our dark, dark history. It's about kind of showing friendship and alliances and uplifting in a way and connection, which is kind of a more positive spin on it. And as actors, it's so much nicer to be a part of, um, yeah, offering like an alternative revisionist version of things. And not going to be perfect in your like. Yeah. Yeah. Like mess up. Like we, we put our foot in it all the time. Um, but, but the intentions there, and I think that's what it's about. It's like working towards. Yeah. Showing you can learn from stuff and evolve and change and be wrong. And that's okay too. You can, you can be wrong and it's not the worst thing in the world. You can learn from it and move on. Yeah. I think that's why, you know, it's so easy to watch as well. Like you're, you're learning, but you're also kind of engaging, especially with these characters, you're kind of living, I mean, the 1850s gold rush is not something that I remember learning much about at school. Like it was convicts or it was whatever, the wars. So it was never, so this is kind of like a whole new landscape that you can contemporize, I guess. Is that a word? Contemporize? Is that like it a good now. Now. Yeah, that's a great it. word. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, we're going to see each other in like three years' time and be like, elevator pitch, elevator yeah. pitch. Contemporize. <laughs> contemporize. <laughs> contemporize. Um, <laughs> but I do want to touch on Nettie Perfect as Barry, I yeah. Bartholomew, a.k.a. Bartholomew. I mean, what a gentleman. Oh, he's the best. He's the gorgeous. He's divine. Man. He is a dream. Yes, I love him. I'm obsessed with him. We love him so much because we our scenes with him were in his pub. Yeah. Um, and like it was like there were days when it was like filled, like they had a fireplace going, it was hot and it was just like stuffy in there. But we just we ne- we didn't want to step out because we just no. wanted to stay and talk in between takes, just talk to Eddie and He's just hear his stories and nurturing oh, positive energy to be around. We love him. He's so gorgeous. And I was like, I was in, I, I just, I think I was quite intimidated because of his, 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 his deep husky voice. I kind of just assumed he'd, and because of his amazing career, I think I just had this perception that he'd be a bit of a not nice to deal with or something or kind of be swinging his dick around a bit. But he was so supportive and encouraging. And, and in terms of like, you know, it, it was, it's a female driven story. Like we are the leads for someone with that kind of experience and CV to kind of come in and just, be there for us and encourage us. I remember there's one day that where we had to sing and he kind of stood up for us and was like, they don't need to sing. They're all right. Like he just kind of, he just had our back, which is what the character does as well. He's always, he's almost like yeah. a big brother and uncle. Yeah. For you, he's like your granddad. For me, I felt, I love my granddad so much. And Eddie almost has the same voice a little bit. Like he's kind of like down here a little bit when he talks. And I just immediately was like, you've got to tell me everything you know. Because I need to know, can you navigate by the stars? Please tell me how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and he is, and that comes across on screen too. So I am so so pleased that he's like that in real life. He's because the best. I can just imagine. You look at you. Your voices just went really. Soft. I know we're like you swooning. were just like swooning. Well, we met oh. his beautiful wife last night. She's awesome. Well, oh, I mean, so you know we're fans, but you know. 
he's got a beautiful woman who he's Aww. a fan of and she's a fan of him and, you know, we're not going to get in there. I mean, I, any trouble. I've always looked at him like a father it's figure. I would never. That's, that's well, I just feel it. Look at me. I'm like. <laughs> I could. I'm like a hard eye emoji right now. Yeah, but well, you're, you're allowed, allowed to. You're allowed to admire someone, and yeah. And, yeah. But I, I'm like that with everyone in the class. Like everyone's everyone. When oh, the first Michaela, time met, yeah, Michaela's so oh, beautiful. Oh, Heather, Heather Mitchell, beautiful it is people. Just we were so Lincoln. Lucky. Oh, Lincoln. Oh, Linky, old Linky Poo. We love, we love, <laughs> love Lincoln. Lincoln. We love Lincoln over here. He is an absolute gem of a human. But yeah. how wonderful that that you've kind of just just been immersed in this insanely amazing project. It's so 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 great for you. I did want to ask though, when you were talking about the singing before, were you talking mm. about the talent show? We sure yes. are. Oh yes. I was howling. I'm not really. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> oh good that's good we were we, we were so nervous we practiced so much and Danny's a beautiful singer and harmonizer and I am not the best singer I'm more a I mean I because we had to dance and sing I'm a stronger dancer much so, stronger dancer. and Danny's a stronger singer so we balanced each other out but oh god it was nerve-wracking it was so nerve-wracking we never got that harmony but that's we fine. never got you the harmony right it. we we had an ear ear wig but it was like in the wrong key it was so stressful we had like people watching literally like the pageant audience. <laughs> I was so nervous that day. I'm so glad that's over. <laughs> and you didn't need to be. You did a beautiful job. Thanks. Yeah, it, and it was so phenomenal across the on screen and wearing those outfits, and I don't want to give too much away in case anyone hasn't seen it yet um, when they listen to this, but those outfits that you were wearing, I mean, how you did <laughs> the slut <laughs> drop, like I can't. It was Oh, just, yeah. It yeah. was just phenomenal. Like it was just so much fun. And as you can see, like I'm, I know it sounds like I'm gushing, but like what a, it's it's so such a joy to watch. And I think that's what these type of shows need to be for your audience. Yeah. Oh, that's so lovely to hear that you enjoyed it. Yeah. 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 I mean, listen to me. I'm so like I feel like I'm on the car in the cast. I'm like, what can I be <laughs> next season? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like I will be anything. I will actually. Speaking of the background, background uh, extras, background extras. Speaking of the extras, there were like everybody has a story. Yes, that was uh, fun to see. We had some favorite extras as well that we would like watch when we were not on camera, like trying to watch and see what they were doing. There was this one guy with the sticks who. Um, uh, sometimes he would like follow the camera into shot and I loved watching him just walk across the scene a few times or the lady who would always evil eye us. She would evil eye us when we walked past and, and she would, she just decided that her character would hate us and we loved it. And she would be like, I'm we'd so sorry. Her. We'd always wait her to try and get her to smile <laughs> during takes. And then she'd, yeah, she'd come and be like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I just feel like she, she doesn't like you guys. And that was so funny to, to have that yeah. yeah it was like it was really it was really cool like to be in that world and like look around and they're just like be faces and people and yeah to everyone on that going about their way yeah their day and yeah it was it felt like a real town yeah actually good. speaking of the town was this filmed in Sovereign Hill no no it was filmed in this it's called Porcupine Village in Molden and it's sort of this, I guess they built it to sort of be like a Sovereign Hill, but it never really opened to the public and it sat unused for years. Like, I think years. it was built in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. No way. Yeah. And it was recently changed hands, like in the last year, and our yeah. producers saw an article on realestate.com and were like, that, oh, my God. And so they approached the owners and 
we were able to use it. Yeah. Um, and I think it will. there's plans to open it in the next few months. Yeah, I think so. It just seems like, I mean, I don't, you would have to build somewhere for Sovereign Hill wouldn't be able to just shut down for months for filming. That's so it's true. So, so cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we were so lucky. So you both grew up in Australia, but Claire, you grew up in Western Australia. Yeah. Yeah. And then Danielle, you're, you're Melbourne, right? Uh, I grew up in Townsville. North oh, Brunswick. you grew up in Townsville? Yeah. Oh, I, I thought you were from there. Melbourne. I'm so sorry. Oh, no, I lived here for quite a while, um, for Doing like five all your or comedy. six years. Yeah. yeah. Well, the reason I'm asking is because when I was a kid, we went to the most brilliant place on earth and it was called Old Sydney Town and you oh. guys didn't get to go and it was oh. the most amazing place in Sydney. Where is that? Because I live not, in Sydney. Oh, it's gone. You, hi, yeah. I'm in Bellevue Hill. Oh, oh. I live in Bondi. Stop it. Are you serious? Yeah. We're literally around the corner. <laughs> yeah. I, love, I don't know why I haven't seen you. I haven't seen you down at Rabs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you see me at Blackwood getting my daily matcha. Oh my god, I'm just gonna like stalk there and be like, "Hey, remember me?" Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. Meet us for an infrared sauna. Yeah, we, oh, love, we love, love a sauna. Love sauna. A sauna. I love yeah. that. But it's the the old Sydney town. It's not there anymore. Oh. And it was. Oh my god, it was the best place in Sydney. Like, I'm sorry, but it was. Like, I'm. I have this really weird. Um, obsession with like criminals and convicts and I don't know why but not like I want to be one or marry one I just <laughs> I just love that kind of era your eyes just then they opened up so wide and you got so serious I just love them <laughs> but it was so cool because we got to dress up in like convict garb like oh, and wow. our, our parents would like make us my my abuela made my costume and then, like, you had to all left-handers had to write with their right hand on chalk and you went into all the different little shops and there were all people r- walking around in old-timey clothes. It was brilliant. That's why I was, like, immediately when I saw this, I was like, Sovereign Hill is exactly the same. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 Well, I know they filmed, there was another show set in the Gold Rush um, called New Gold Mountain, which SBS filmed, and that was Sovereign Hill. Um, oh. Sovereign Hill is bigger than Porcupine Village, but I, I kind of like, I, Porcupine Village is a bit, like, it's a bit odd. It's a bit dingy. It's a bit, yeah, I think it hasn't opened yet because it's not quite safe. You know, <laughs> like there was just that, and that it's a bit slapdash, and that's the vibe of the town. You yeah. know, it's so, called Sovereign Hill's big enough for the tourists to fit in all the buildings and stuff. Yeah, ours was like pokey and like it's awesome. Yeah, it feels like a kid's, like a kid's, I don't know, like you know, when you're a kid and you're like, I want to build a tree house. Yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. It felt like that. Yeah, yeah. It was the perfect place for Dead Horse Gap because what a shit show. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what yeah. a shit hole, brother. Yeah. <laughs> but with like the outskirts of like the mansion, of course, where Francesca and Percy live. Yeah. But before I kind of let you go, I do just want to quickly touch on both of your careers. Claire, I'm going to start with you. Huge fan from Class of 07. Oh, thanks. That show was so brilliant. In itself, I actually got to spoke, speak to, to spoke. I got to spoke as I contemporized <laughs> and elevator pitch. Um, I spoke to Steph and Megan. Oh, beautiful! <laughs> Steph Tisdale and Megan Smart. And oh, amazing! They were so gorgeous. So that was really brilliant. You were brilliant in that. So your background is acting. So yeah. I want to know where did this come from for you? Acting? Yeah, this love. 
Oh, well, I think uh, like my earliest memories when I was two, I had those terrible two toddler tantrums and I used to like have a tantrum and then like start to cry. And then I would walk into the kitchen and watch myself in the oven door because it was stainless steel. So I could watch my reaction. So I'd be like, Aah! and then I'd go and then I'd like cry and like contort my face <laughs> and kind of forget I was having a tantrum and just watch my face. So I feel like that's probably where it started. And my mom would just kind of like watch me and be like, oh, she's gotten over it because she's like, Mm, you're closer to Gert than you think you're a psycho <laughs> you literally are Gert yeah that's, yeah that's like my earliest memory of kind of like acting I guess was just kind of watching myself in the mirror at age two but my mum was a speech and drama teacher so like I did classes with her when I was eight and speech and drama and all that and high school went to Whopper when I was 17 and it's sort of like it's almost like what that corny thing of it chose me um I've tried to quit heaps of times, but it always reels me back in. And <laughs> why? Um, why have you tried to quit? Oh, it's like it's been a long journey. Like I graduated from drama school 13 years ago um, and I did predominantly theatre for many years because I just wasn't getting the jobs in screen and it's theatre's hard, like it doesn't pay much. Um, living in Sydney is expensive. I was like at times I was working like six jobs to pay the rent and um it was just like, is it worth it? I'm not really happy. It's it's not, you know, sometimes you question your relationship to the craft, but really it's your relationship to the industry that can really test you. Like it's never that I didn't love acting, but it's like the, it's just like whether it's worth it to kind of keep putting yourself through that. But um, I kind of stuck at it and are you crying? No, I was. Danny's about to cry. No, I just, it's, it's, it is that tough thing of being like, giving those years of your life where those are the years that people usually start their formative careers and stuff and you it's this battle of being like do I continue this or do I have yeah. to leave it to to have a career if not what if I wake up one day and I'm I'm old and I've got I don't have anything yeah and it's like there's a fine line between hope and delusion and so you question like am I just delusional is it ever going to happen Should, like am I even good enough all that stuff and it and I think it's really good to kind of keep that conversation going and keep questioning and now every job I do I kind of think maybe it's my last like I think that's a healthy way to kind of not in a sense of like because I want to quit but just in a sense of like no expectations beyond just enjoying the the present project and letting anything after that be a nice surprise but like I think for me I've learned to focus on being a human being and having a good life um, and balanced life and acting is a part of that but it's not necessarily who I am it's just something I do um, which comes with time and experience and yeah so it's really nice to be um doing what like this show it's like something I dreamed of like I wrote in journals when I was like 22 I'd love like be the lead in an ABC comedy and then like took this long but yes yeah, finally happened manifest that's that manifesting babe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we are so Bondi what you were saying about the you know every other job is a surprise or a bonus. That is so wonderful. I actually got some really great advice from someone who was an actor. Every time you go into an audition, think of that as the job. Yeah. 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 I've heard that as well. And it, and it's a great way of approaching learning lines because sometimes you don't want to do it. It's just like, oh, another audition. But yeah, that's the job, doing a good job in the audition. And um, anything else on top of that is a bonus, I reckon. And what about you, Danielle? Like you're a comedian. She's yes. a funny lady. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I could both ca- categorize you both as comedians after oh, watching yeah. this show. But- Claire is a comedy actress. <laughs> yeah, she, she really is. And she is one of the funniest physical performers I've ever seen. 
as I like to tell her. I love that because it's so true. This this role is really physical. But then, Danielle, what about comedy? Because sitting here talking to you, I mean, you're the most sweet little thing, and then you watch, like, your comedy and it's like, <laughs> like how did that start for you? Uh, I think when I was, like, a teenager. So not two. No, not two. I did not cry and look in the uh, mirror, uh, although I did used to think my mum looked beautiful when she cried. Oh. Um, and, but, um, Wait, was that comedy? I, yeah, I think her eyes just went whiter or something. Like they just opened up beautifully. Um, maybe she was also just scowling a lot and I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, that's a different story. Um, no, um, I think uh, my cousins came to town. They live in Brisbane and they came to town when I was like 15 or something and we were just hanging out and they told me I should do comedy and then I think that just like triggered something in my brain and then it was just always back there. But then in Townsville, I didn't feel like you could, like I didn't know that you could just do something. Um, it didn't feel like something you could get started in or like how do you do that. And then when I was 19, I saved some money and I moved to London for two years and I just saw people over there just doing stuff. Like if they wanted to do something, they would just do it. And then when I moved, I didn't do comedy in London. I was like, wait till I get back to Townsville, the home of comedy, um, <laughs> and do it there. And then I I did it and I immediately sort of fell in love with it. And then I had somebody come to town to headline up there and then he organised a bunch of gigs for me in Adelaide and, and Sydney. And then that made me move down to Melbourne and just get started. And then it was sort of like just it, comedy feels like it's like a snowball sort of thing. You start off and then it just spirals and spirals and spirals and then and then the hard bit starts <laughs> once you are at a at a level that's when it feels like it the work of it and not just the joy of it takes over Claire said you you said you're an introvert but are you an yeah. introvert as well yeah yeah I'm not um I like to be on stage um doing comedy but I'm not like a I don't like talking to strangers or new people or being in big social situations I think almost the crowd is easier than a one-on-one it's so much easier to talk to a yeah a group of people than to have one person and you're trying to do for some reason I go to the worst small talk in the world with a stranger if we don't have like a vibe I'll be like and I just put this wall up I'll be like I've had to leave so many hairdressers because I've had bad and I've just been like, I am the worst person. This person must hate talking to me because I'm just small talk with those people sometimes. I think I'm just like, yeah, if I feel comfortable, then I'll be myself. But if I'm not, if I'm, yeah, I've just, yeah, I'm not like an extroverted person. And that's why when we do photo shoots, me and Claire, Claire has to <laughs> really pump me up because <laughs> I'll be like, oh. Yeah, we're know. good together. We're good together. But then when Danny has to do photos on her own, the panic in my eyes comes yeah, through. It's not great. <laughs> it's like yin and yang, which works, you know? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, before you go, I do have a question for both of you. What advice would you give your teenage selves knowing what you know now? Oh, that's so nice. Uh, I don't think I'd tell her anything because I feel like if I told her something, she might think it would be easier than it is and I think she'd have to like come to the conclusions on her own I think if I told her you know you'll do stuff then she might just think it would come to her and not have to chase it down I think she'd need to find everything for herself maybe 
my mouth is open because you're the first person to ever answer like that. No pressure, Claire. But, um, <laughs> yeah, what, what Danny said. What Danny said. Um, no, I think, well, look, I'm not like, a, come on, Danny. Um, I, I, my teenage self, like I, I didn't have a great time as a teenager. My, my, no, my thing as a teenager would be with boys. Um, I would just say, cause I didn't have a boyfriend until I was 18. And right. I remember just thinking like, I'll never find anyone. And now I have the most beautiful boyfriend. Um, so I would just say, you're going to meet someone really beautiful one day. So don't worry about, I was going to say names. I'm not going to say names, <laughs> but like, don't worry. Like there'll be someone out there who will love you for you I think and then yeah career stuff what Danny said oh yeah totally <laughs> but, yeah my thing as a teenager yeah would just be like yeah I, I guess like trust as well but but I think yeah I think in terms of like talking about the hard times and like working all those jobs I wouldn't I wouldn't trade it like I'm, I'm I'm glad I had all those years to kind of like really figure it out and it's made me a better actor and a better person and more comfortable in my skin and therefore able to kind of do this job and you know even stuff like this like I, I would have been weird if, if if things that had happened like that like the way I'd wanted it to I just don't think I would have been as ready or, or appreciative yeah you're never ready when you think you are is is no. the way that I always look at it it's like things don't happen for a reason for your benefit absolutely yeah. Yeah. because you you probably wouldn't have been able to handle it back then yeah oh yeah yeah <laughs> Now, guys, this has been so brilliant. Everybody needs to watch Gold Diggers. It is so brilliant. I can't, honestly, I can't speak of it highly enough. It's just so brilliant. And you too. What a bloody pure effing delight the two of you are. Oh, thank, thank you. you. You're like our first like fan that we've met of the show, if we can call you that. Yeah. <laughs> like everyone else, we haven't really met anyone else that's watched it that's been that. Yeah, we've like people do love it, but you seem genuinely like. I feel like as a journalist, like you, it you the kind of thing is you're like meant to remain neutral. But like I just, I'm a really like excitable person. Like if I love something, I love it. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit here going, oh, and then like what happened when you put? I think you're, I think you're the first journalist we've spoken to that's in the pocket of the demographic. What is that pocket then that it's aimed at? Asking for a goddamn friend. Cool women. (laughs) Cool, beautiful women with a psychic energy. Yeah. <laughs> just just cool, like, fresh feminists. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who want to take down the patriarchy. Take down the <laughs> Fire up, bitches. I love- yeah. Fire up, bitch. <laughs> I love it. That is so much fun. Thank you so much for coming on, guys. Thank no you. Thanks for calling the Entertainment Hotline with Anita Annabelle. You can find us on Instagram at the entertainment underscore hotline pod or visit us at chatter.com.au. The Entertainment Hotline with Anita Annabelle is a proud Chatter podcast.